You are listening to Reach MD XM233, the channel for medical professionals. Curbside consults. It's how a lot of us doctors get our own personal medical care. And it's not just stupid, but it can be deadly. Welcome to the Clinician Roundtable. I'm Dr. Michael Greenberg, your host, and with us today is Dr. Bruce Goldstick, an ophthalmologist in private practice in the Chicago area. And he has a very personal story to tell us about his own health care and the dangers of putting ourselves second to our patients. Welcome, Bruce. Thank you. Now, listen, as a host on shows like this, I'm supposed to come in and prepare a list of questions, but that's when we're talking to clinicians about clinical subjects. This is much more personal. So basically, let's talk about what happened to you, because I think it's a great story and something that we doctors need to know about. I'm an ophthalmologist who's been in practice for about 16 years, who takes very good care of their patients, listens carefully to their patients, and fortunately, I listened carefully to myself. About four years ago, I had noted some blood in my stool. And because I am continually surrounded by physicians, I ran into one just as I was getting into the elevator and told them that for the past month or so, I had noticed some blood in my stool. It was sporadic. It was mostly staining the toilet paper, maybe a little bit in the bowl. And I corralled him and said, what do you think I should do about it? He looked at me and he said, you're 42 years old. It's probably just hemorrhoids. I don't think I would worry about it. Somehow, that answer didn't ring terribly comfortable to me. I have a family history whereby my mother died at age 42 from breast cancer. She was diagnosed at age 36. And even though I am one of four brothers and don't have a likely chance of developing breast cancer, somewhere back in my medical training, I had remembered that there may be a correlation between breast carcinoma and colon carcinoma. And I also had been aware that the first time that someone should receive a colonoscopy is at age 50. And Something must have been going on subconsciously in my brain so that I called my friend, who was a ga- the head of gastroenterology at a local hospital, and asked him to schedule a colonoscopy for me. So one was scheduled about a month after I had initially presented. And some of the symptoms had gone away. They would wax and wane and wax and wane, and it wasn't totally constant. I could have certainly diagnosed myself as having hemorrhoids and felt comfortable with that. I decided, however, that I wanted to go through with the colonoscopy. He calls me two days before the colonoscopy and says, don't prepare for it. I got to take a vacation. We'll reschedule it at some later point in time. I don't know when I'm going to come back. I said, sounds good to me. I don't have to go through all the preparation for the colonoscopy. It looks kind of onerous. Forget about it. Symptoms had kind of gone away. About two weeks later, bleeding recurred. And I said, what are you thinking about? What am I thinking about? Go ahead and get the colonoscopy. I recalled it, recalled him, rescheduled it, took the terrible preparation, by far the worst part of any colonoscopy. And I got the colonoscopy. And he goes, there was one polyp that looked maybe a little bit friable. And that was the word that he, I remember him using. I said, oh, okay, that's the only polyp that you noticed? He said, yep. And what do you think? He said, I think everything's going to be okay. I operate on Mondays. And in the middle of my operating room schedule, I get a call from the gastroenterologist saying, Bruce, 
it looks like you have colon carcinoma. Now, it looks like we got it at the root before it entered the bowel wall. We can't be sure. What do you think we should do? I said, Michael, what do you think, what do you think we should do? He says, I think you should have a colon resection. Whoa, what do you mean by that? He says, no, I think we should do a colon resection, and I think that we should do it later this week. Well, Michael, wait a second. I'm finishing up in the operating room. I have patients booked for the next three weeks. What am I going to do with all that? How am I going to displace my schedule? He says, Bruce, let's be real simple about it. you got to take care of yourself, because if you don't take care of yourself, you can't take care of anybody else. I think that's the first reaction of any doctor whenever anything is wrong with us is, oh, my God, what about my patients? But holding that thought for a second, you are listening to ReachMDXM233, the channel for medical professionals. I'm Dr. Michael Greenberg, your host, and we are having an in-depth discussion with Dr. Bruce Goldstick about curbside consults and how we doctors put ourselves second and often don't get good medical care ourselves. So Bruce, I know I've had that reaction myself. I was home with cellulitis one time and I kept telling, with 103 fever, septic, kept telling my wife, no, no, I'm going to work tomorrow because I can't cancel my patients as I was going into shock and getting close to death. So that's your first thought. So what was your second thought like? My second thought was, uh uh-oh, do I have the same genetic predisposition as my mother? And then I asked myself, what happens if this is in the bowel wall? And then I asked myself, what kind of treatment am I going to need if this is the case? And there was a cascade of feelings that happened whereby one doesn't necessarily think of the best case scenario, but because we've been exposed to the worst case scenarios, it could happen to me. It's called awfulizing. Patients do it, but when we do it, it's often worse because we know all the stuff that can happen. That's right. And that's the scary part because you have a tendency, because you do know the worst, to feel that that's going to happen to you. So, Wait, Can I ask you a question? You were in the middle of surgery when you found this information out. Did this come over the public address system? No. The operating room is, is set up so that I can answer a phone call. I told them that I would call them after I finished my case. Okay. So you finished your case. Right. But I had more cases to do. Okay. How did you, how did you proceed through the rest of the day that day? With difficulty. And I did something that's kind of interesting. I operate to music, and I turned up the music and tried to distract myself in that way. And fortunately, I was able to concentrate enough so that there wasn't a problem. At what point did you call your family or wife? After my day was done. And I don't like doing that kind of stuff over the phone, except he wanted to see me at the end of the day so that he can mark the place where he had removed the tumor so that by putting a impermeable dye there, they could tell where to do the colon resection. So he wanted to see me back that day before he lost the place of where he had removed the previous polyp. So you went back that day? I went back that day, had it marked. I had to make a decision about when to do it. This was right before Labor Day. And I have a wonderful office staff who's been with me for a long time. And I had to contact them in order to make arrangements for all the patients that were going to be coming within the next couple weeks. I had to make personal arrangements for myself in terms of choosing a surgeon. Who did I want to do the surgery? There were a choice of 
two or three or four different people that I could choose from and what hospital I wanted to have it done at. Let me ask you a question about choosing a doctor because I've had the same situation. We're, we're doctors. We have colleagues. We have friends. We have people that we know. How'd you make your choice? Oh, that's a very, very good question, Michael. I asked the gastroenterologist, who happens to be a friend, and his family is, are patients of mine, who he would choose. I did not want to go to a friend, although I take care of some general surgeons who are friends. And I said, I would also like to be at a particular hospital. I chose Glenbrook Hospital as opposed to Evanston Hospital because I felt that I was going to be treated a little bit better. Are you on the staff of the hospital? Yes. Okay. But I don't know that many people there because I'm not there that often. Right. I've gone to my own hospital, too, for surgery because I think you get treated much better. It was unbelievable because I had taken care of the head of nursing, nighttime nursing. But choosing the physician for me, I met a guy who was relatively new, had been in practice for two years and was working for the Evanston Foundation. And I met him the following day, and I was immediately impressed by him in terms of how he talked to me, how he treated me, how he said that he would accommodate me in terms of a, a day of surgery so that I would miss the minimal amount of time in my office. And I did not need to get a second opinion after my first impression and proceeded to schedule surgery with him and had it three days afterwards. Our listeners are all going to be interested. Of course, the bottom line is a happy one here. Well, it's medicine. It doesn't always necessarily mean that things are going to be happy, but in my case, fortunately, it was. Okay, so you had your surgery and you're fine. I had my surgery. Being a patient is a whole different phenomenon. I ended up having a non-laparoscopic, an open colon resection. It was an end-to-end -end anastomosis. Four weeks later, I was back at home. The most fortunate part, however, was that this was a stage zero colon carcinoma. In other words, the polyp had gone to the bowel wall, but not into the bowel wall. And as a result, the colon resection in and of itself is curative, and no adjunctive therapy was necessary. Well, I think it's a happy ending to the story. Do you get physical exams now regularly? I do get physical exams regularly, and I get my colonoscopy every two or three years. I want to thank Dr. Bruce Goldstick, who's been with us today sharing his personal and compelling story, and I hope that each doctor listening gets the message. I am Dr. Michael Greenberg, and you've been listening to the Clinician's Roundtable on ReachMDXM233, the channel for medical professionals. ReachMDXM is here for you, the physicians who care for your patients. Please tell us what you want and what you need. Send your email to xm at reachmd.com. And thank you for listening.